What up? What up? How we doing, traders? Welcome to the Spacks Attack. How we doing, traders out there? Welcome and welcome back to the SPACs Attack. If you're brand new and joining us, probably you saw us yesterday with Gary V and you want to know what is up with these SPACs Attack crew. You already know when the SPACs Attack, Brian Blockchain, you know it. You know we always got our loyal uh, viewers out there. So definitely want to give a shout out to some of the people that we always see in here. Sheriff, uh, we got Crew Cut there. Where, where my people at man say hello in the chat i like to see that and definitely smash the like button if you like some specs so let's go ahead and turn to chris what's up man the brains to this show how you doing i'm doing good mitch uh you know looking looking okay out there in the market i'm seeing a decent amount of green again with some of these big spac names so I know we'll take a look at that on our watch list, but yeah, doing good on this Thursday. How about yourself? Yeah, man, taking a look at some of the stocks out there, uh, starting to look at some opportunities. So we're going to go into some of those opportunities a little bit later today. I got uh, about two presentation decks that I'm going to touch a little bit on. And I know Chris got uh, some stocks of his own. So definitely, guys, smash the like button if you're here for some specs. And let's go ahead and get into taking us back. To the headlines. All right, guys. Yeah. So, starting with headlines today, we did have two new deals announced as well. Want to get to those, but up first, um, this is uh, one we've been anticipating for a while. So, the new Arc Space ETF, um, which we talked about the holdings, of course finally announced in last night's email some new positions and some um you know movements there so three spac names to keep an eye out we have spfr which is taking velo 3d public acic uh bringing archer public and rtp bringing uh joby aviation public so all three of those getting added um you know they are in other arc funds so this shouldn't be a huge surprise um, but as we look at that space ETF, one thing we noticed was there wasn't a ton of SPACs from the start. Um, so now it looks like Kathy Wood slowly building positions in some of her favorites in the space. So keep an eye out on all three um, of those names. Then we have DCRB. So taking Hyzon Motors public, CEO was on Mad Money last night. Um, you know, so obviously whenever we have these CEOs Go on Mad Money. It's a chance for the um, you know CEO to talk about future plans and you know also get some of that love um, on CNBC. So this one actually falling today. Didn't get much of a pop last night. Um, keep an eye out on this one. It is you know in that favorable clean energy market. Um, so we could see this name you know pop up at, as a play in several areas. Then SRAC, which is taking Momentus public. This is a, a space stock. Um, they have a new investor presentation out. They were also a speaker at a uh, space investor conference yesterday. 
Um, this is one that I own. So I just want to keep an eye on this one. I want to dive into that investor presentation and maybe uh, we'll talk about that on a upcoming show. I, I do like this one. Um, you know, it's been called the FedEx of space. Um, you know, that last mile delivery, but there is some competition concerns. There is some concerns also about former management, um, you know, having ties to Russia and needing to get that all straightened out with NASA prior to the merger. Um, but it looks like, you know, maybe that is a done deal. And this one could be getting slept on, um, you know, because of some of those news items in the background. And we have BOWX, so merging with WeWork. This was actually one of the top performing um, SPACs last week. It was up big on that deal announcement with WeWork. We, we talked about that deal and we talked about, you know, how the valuation has come down from when they were uh, raised funds last and also when they had planned on doing a traditional IPO. When we had John Janarone on from IPO Edge, he also talked about WeWork, you know, turning a new corner. My, my concern here now is I'm seeing news out that there is a new documentary out on Hulu uh, called WeWork or the making and breaking of a $47 billion unicorn. Um, you know, it talks about the, the co-founder and former CEO, Adam Newman, um, you know, uh, uh, comparing him to, to Jesus Christ and almost a cult-like following uh, at the company. And to me, uh, I think we could see that as a red flag right now. And you know, similar to when we saw the Blackfish documentary, um, you know, take some heat on SeaWorld. Um, look for BOWX to, to maybe pull back here. And again, you know, he is the former CEO. He's not leading the company anymore. But I think this is going to be some negative press for WeWork that the, the shares will need to get through um, before we see that positive momentum again. Then we have HYLN, so uh, Hillion, this is one I do own shares in still. Um, we touched on this briefly yesterday, but I want to circle back to it. So they formed the Hypertruck Innovation Council to advance electrification solutions for commercial transportation industry. That new collaboration includes Agility Logistics, American Natural Gas, Anheuser-Busch, Greenpath Logistics, Penske Truck, uh, Rider Systems, Schneider, Wegmans Food Markets. So some really big names. And these council members are going to be the first to operate the Hypertruck ERX, which, which we said was one of the catalysts with Hillion, right? So right now they, they make electrification solutions for existing vehicles. But that Hypertruck ERX is going to be their own you know, model. Where, where they're going to make more revenue up front for it. It's going to compete with these semis, and it's all-in-one solution from the start that these companies can buy to work on zero emissions in the future. Um, so signing up with those big partners, again, that doesn't mean there will be orders, but those companies will see firsthand the, the demonstrations, and they'll be able to um, you know, provide feedback and also share along the way that path of the Hypertruck ERX. So... You know, and Hillion had a, a tweet out talking about no better time to announce our collaboration with Anheuser-Busch than National Beer Day, which was yesterday. And then Anheuser-Busch also followed up and said, we're excited to participate in the Hillion Hypertruck Innovation Council to support the development 
of a transportation solution that meets the complex needs of today's fleets. So again, Anheuser-Busch, you know, saying, yes, we're working with them, but no details on what that means in terms of units or revenue, but definitely keep an eye out on HYLN with that major catalyst coming. We have VSPR setting a vote date of April 29th. And we had some news out from HOFV today, Hall of Fame Resort and Entertainment. Former SPAC, if you follow this show or any of our other shows, you know we've done several exclusive interviews with the CEO, Michael Crawford. So I had the exclusive article out this morning talking about how those first NFTs from the company uh, are going to be three players, um, Earl Campbell, Tim Brown, among them. They're, they're part of that group of 10 players that are Heisman to Hall, meaning they won the Heisman Trophy, and they are also in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So HOFV was ripping this morning on that news. Again, this is turning into a NFT play, uh, along with that play for their Hall of Fame resort, hotels, water park, and, you know, mini Disneyland going forward. So keep an eye out on HOFV it, going forward. We have FUSE, which is taking Moneyline public. So Moneyline out with news that they are going to allow members to buy, sell, and earn cryptocurrencies via a strategic investment in zero hash. Um, so that's going to include Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, again, you know, crypto is hot right now. Everyone wants a piece of these. So, you know, Money Lion stepping to the plate, making that investment and, you know, could see a lift in terms of uh, users going forward. So keep an eye out on FUSE. Our, our big movers yesterday, we had OUST, Ouster, a LiDAR company. Ending the day up 26%, um, getting a couple analyst upgrades along the way. And then our two deals yesterday, CAHC up 3% on their deal and MCAD up 1% on their deal. So both deals yesterday trading positive to end the day, um, which is a positive sign for, for the SPAC market here. A couple of rumors out there. We have GMII uh, rumored to be merging with lodging startup Sonder. Um, which decks out apartments and hotel rooms as short-term rentals. Um, this rumor coming from Bloomberg could value the company at up to $2.5 billion. And then we also have YAC. Uh, Cigna Sports United is in talks to go public with YAC. Um, that is a rumor from Reuters. Um, not a lot of details in that rumor. And then turning to our two deals announced today, we have TWCT up first. So, so they are merging with Celebrite, which is a leading intelligence solutions provider. Their mission is to enable their customers to protect and save lives, accelerate justice, and preserve privacy in communities around the world. Um, so digital intelligence company with an end-to-end -end platform, uh, 6,700 public safety agencies and private sector enterprises have purchased from Celebrite. They're in over 140 countries. Um, they see a total addressable market of 12 billion by 2023. So the deal valuing the company at $1.8 billion. Fiscal 2021 revenue estimate of 236 million. Fiscal 2022 estimate of 283 million both up 20% on a year-over-year -year basis. Um, and then our second deal announced, we have ticker RICE, uh, as in RICE. They are uh, taking or bringing area energy 
uh, public to create the industry-leading renewable natural gas platform. So the combined company, they call it a proven and profitable business uh, with EBITDA of 65 million estimated for this year. And uh, they see 60 to 70% of renewable natural gas volumes under a 10 to 20 year fixed price arrangements. Um, some big, big backing here. And then also, um, you know, so yeah, valuing the company at $680 million um, total. The, the thing I will point out about this is it is a, a sponsor of the SPAC um, that owns the company that they are acquiring which to me is normally a, a red flag. You've heard me talk about Golden Nugget online before uh, with Tillman Fertitta using Lancadia to, to spin off one of his own companies. Um, but I have to say, you know, Area Energy is a market leader in that liquefied gas sector. Um, over 50 projects over the last 25 years. Uh, you know, this is a strong company in the renewable natural gas space. Um, I, I, I did some digging through and I like what I am seeing. Uh, we're valuing the company at $1.15 billion. They see revenue hitting $204 million this year, $326 million next year. And current shareholders um, of RICE are going to own 20% of the new company. And then I have to say, too, as we talk about, you know, have SPACs uh, hit, the, hit the bottom and are they coming back? We had a new SPAC yesterday. Ticker CMLTU trading in units. It closed at 1092 yesterday. So a lot of these new units we've seen, you know, price at 10 and, and end up trading at 10 or below on their first day of trading. And here you have CMLTU, you know, trading and closing the day at 1092 yesterday. So I gotta say that's a big positive here. And, and Mitch. I, I gotta say, I, I know you like tickers. We talk about tickers. So the the SPAC that is taking this energy company public, the, their ticker is RICE. Do you have any idea what the ticker is for their second SPAC? No, I do not. Chris, what's the second ticker? So their first ticker was RICE as in rice. Their second ticker is R-O-N-I as in Roni. So their two tickers are Rice Roni. That's right. I have I have to throw that out there. I oh, saw good that lord! I, I couldn't I couldn't even stay in the camera. That I I, I, I tried I tried to, to keep a straight face, man. I, saw I don't that know who on, made that ticker, but I saw that on Twitter. Shout out to to Daniel Johnson. Uh, you know, he he had that up as someone talked about what a great ticker for for Rice R I C E. And, and these guys are pretty clever, Mitch. We have RICE and we have RONI. And then also the, the new ticker for, for the company merging with Rice is going to be LFG. So so maybe they're excited and, and let's go. All right, guys. Well, I'll, I'll let you know right now. Hey, I, I talked about it on Monday with the pre-market prep team also. And then you guys saw a pre-market prep article come out, have the specs bottom. A lot of that was, uh, you know, I was talking with Dennis Dick and I, I started feeling it. You know, I, I remember Julian's call. If you guys don't know Julian Camacho, the king. Yeah, definitely called, the, I, I think, a couple days early. But I started seeing kind of also the, the same sentiment that he was seeing. Um, now, this is a clear example. I'm going to show you right now, guys. So with Bryce, right, we, we haven't seen any kind of pops, right, Chris? 
That's right. We've seen a couple 10% pops, right? The top steel, the, the WeWork deal. But yeah, if you pull up that chart on uh, Rice, how, how are we what, looking? What kind of percentages were we seeing, guys? And I'll, I'll put it up to the chat, guys. What kind of percentages were we seeing before, before we had this kind of downturn in specs? When deals got announced, what percentage would you expect to see in the next day? And, and go ahead and put it in the chat. I wanted to put it up before I showed exactly where it is. Some people probably know. But this is very similar to what I used to think when you got an announcement where your return was kind of looking at. Okay? So that's why we'll go ahead and take a look here and, and, and look at it, guys. Boom. Yeah, you know, up there to $15. We've talked about Vic this. Victor in the chat saying 25%. Um, you know, that that's a good number right there. Um, you know, again, we, we uh, used to see these pop every morning on deal announcements, 40, right? 50%. And it was it was anywhere, yeah, from 20% to we had a couple, you know, that would pop a hundred percent on that first day. Um, but yeah, like I said, the the top steal, the the WeWork deal, we saw that 10% to 20% increase. But we haven't seen a, a good pop like this since uh, I think the eToro um, day one, um, FTCV, and again, eToro, a very well-known name. So this one is, you know, interesting. I saw it up around 30% this morning. Um, we've got it up there on the screen up 46% right now. You know, they, they were targeting this space. So this wasn't really you know, big news that they they were going after, you know, an energy company. I think the biggest thing here is they're, they're, they're creating a industry leader, right? So that's the thing when we talk about our SPACs dead, uh, you know, have SPACs bottom. Guys, you, you, you can look at all these SPACs and you just have to be careful. You, you have to find the good deals, right? And, and you can find the good deals on the day of the announcement, like today by looking at the investor presentation, the press release, or you can do like what Mitch has talked about the past couple of days. Look at those D SPACs, right? And that evaluation period, um, you know, once they've already completed the merger, there's no longer the $10 floor. Once they've reported earnings, right? Are we seeing their guidance go up or down? You, you just have to do your own research and due diligence. And we're trying to provide you with the news and the numbers on the show to help along the way. But I, I agree. I think SPACs are, are coming back. But again, that doesn't mean every single one's going to go positive. I'll show you here, guys, if you guys don't believe me that I feel like that 40 or 50 was the average. I'll show you right here. Perfect example. I just look at the next stock that's up today. Golden Nugget. Go back to when it got the announcement or got the rumor pop and look at it from $10. And where does it go, guys? 14, 15. I mean, I could look at plenty of charts and I could show you that same kind of pop. You know, it usually starts the day around 13 or 14. And then if it gets up to 15, it's looking good. You see, sometimes they go a little bit past that. But to me, I mean, if you can get it up to 15 from $10, you're talking about a, you know, nice 40, 50% gain. And that, that was literally, literally going to be my strategy when I started the year. And I did it like that nice basket, had a lot of them down at 10, was looking for the moves up to 14 and 15. And my plan was for the strategy to sell it immediately at that 14 to 15, because to me, 40 to 50% return on any investment is, is a hell of a win. So um, it's, it's going to be definitely interesting. 
Um, I, I definitely don't agree with you, Jay Jones. It's definitely not the new pump and dumps. If you want to look at a pump and dump, you could look at penny stocks and, and then that's where you can wonder about that one. But uh, I won't even get into that. But let's go ahead and, and take a look here at our watch list and see what's moving on the day and where should we be looking. All right, all right, guys. It uh, looks like someone is definitely getting impatient, and I can't disagree with you, Zach. When the hell will PSTH get a deal? Who knows if they ever get a deal? You might just get your $20 back in that one. Uh, I could see that possibly happening. The problem here is the unicorns and where there is the opportunity to even get a good stock anymore um, or a good company. So it's going to be interesting to watch that one, but definitely we'll keep it on watch for you, Zach. Um, if we hear anything, you'll definitely be one of the first to know because we'll be right on here talking about it. Mitch, I saw a comment from uh, Solar Up and Up. Again, a, a loyal uh, viewer here talking about the, the UFO ETF. Uh, I know Andrew was on the show yesterday with Spencer talking about UFO. I actually had the privilege of talking to Andrew on the phone last week to talk about UFO versus ARC-X. Um, so yes, there, there, there is a reason why SPACs are not in the UFO ETF. The, the index that does UFO, they will not include SPACs until they have completed the merger. And, and there's a couple reasons. It's one, the, the company is not a space company until the merger has gone through, right? It's still a SPAC. And two, yes, there are some concerns, government contracts and national security concerns. So normally when you get a SPAC deal, you know, shareholders have to vote uh, to get that to go through. And Andrew told me that with some of these SPACs to, to get the deals to go through, um, you know, NASA may have to be involved, right? Anytime there's contracts involved, um, when these companies merge, NASA wants to make sure, you know, that everything is good. Um, so I own shares of HOL. I'm not concerned there. Same with VACQ. Um, the process could take a little bit longer, I would caution, with some of these space SPACs. Um, but again, Andrew told me with UFO, when these SPAC deals have completed, that there's a chance that those companies will end up in the UFO ETF. Um, that's just the way they approach SPACs is they don't include them prior to the merger being completed. But yes, I'm a big fan of Andrew, big fan of UFO. If I had to pick a, a space ETF, uh, no offense to, to Kathy Wood, but I would be picking UFO for its uh, peer play uh, on space. All right, guys. So uh, I brought up there the UFO there for you. Um, you can clearly see here, uh, this one kind of held that resistance um, back from when it opened, uh, pulled back, really popped right back off of that. So that's kind of the level in the sand for me, 27 for UFO. And I can tell you right now, yeah, you know, if you look at the UFO holdings, one thing you'll see more of, is you'll see a lot of satellite companies. I like that. I, you guys have heard me mention this countless times when i look in space i look for satellites i do not look for travel tourism and 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 i mean not not to say anything bad about srac but like shipping anything just i look at satellites because i think that's the first move you see like 
that that complete change where there's probably going to be at the point where people are going to be fighting for room out there to put satellites. So if they're going to be fighting for the room to put the satellite out there, you can just imagine how many companies are going to want to have that satellite up there, have their data. You know, that is the generation, really. So I think satellites are needed first for the space wave. And, and, and kind of that's why I look for those companies. All right, let's keep going through the watch. Let's see what else we got here. GNLG doing good right now, guys. It's been having some decent bounces. Um, one of the things that I'd say is that you, you can start looking at the DD specs on a weekly because one of the things that you can start doing is you can start looking for levels to go off of. Now that we have enough uh, kind of time to go off of this chart, if we use the weekly, you know, we start drawing some support, you got to you gotta start seeing, okay, so where were we closing before? We were closing down here around this 1193, right? What's the next level up? Okay, so we keep holding closer towards this 14. And if we had this opening... You see right here, this actually opened at 14.10 and closed at 14.45. That open is looking like it's trying to hold near that 14.10 mark because you see these bodies and it starts getting back above it. Whenever you got this kind of candle like this, this is called an inverse hammer candle, guys. Usually the tells you that trend can change. It doesn't mean 100% that trend can change, but it tells you that potentially trend can be changing. And now you're getting that swing back up towards resistance. And I think if it can get through 18, you could potentially see this one get some volume and really pop. One of the things I'd mentioned is the volume is still decreasing. If you look down here, you see this decreasing volume, wait for that pop volume to come up and that will show you some confirmation that the bulls are back in and golden nugget is going to be a golden nugget. We'll see what happens guys. We'll see what happens. All right, guys, I'm seeing in the chat mentioned here, we got a super sticker about GIK and lightning e motors. You know, we've actually had an interview here, guys. I mean, if you didn't see that interview, then you definitely missed out. So uh, uh, Lucian, if, if you didn't see that one, first things first for your $2, I'd say go watch that interview. Chris asked a lot of great questions, but Chris, what's up? Yeah, so I still own a small position in GIK, you know, Lightning E-Motors, one of several companies in the electrification of existing vehicle space. The, the thing that stuck out for me with them was they're, they're all about different class sizes, right? So they hit, you know, class three all the way up to class seven, I believe. Um, so, so GIK to me, yeah, you know, we had Tim on the show. I, I loved the interview. Um, you know, I, I like this company. The, the thing I'm cautious about, right, is it's very similar to an XL fleet. And we saw what happened with XL fleet, right? Was it shot way up, uh, you know, on the, the merger day, it was pumped up by some uh, traders out there. It got some CNBC coverage. And then it started getting attacked by, by short reports, right? Because there were some concerns over um, hard orders versus, you know, letters of intent. So I'll have to go back, and that's the thing with GIK is we need to find out what kind of hard orders do they have versus letters of intent, or otherwise this one could get attacked by the shorts again, which doesn't necessarily mean it'll be bad long-term, but you will see the pressure from the shorts. So keep an eye out on GIK for that reason because its competitors have, have all kind of gotten attacked. So that's what I would say, but I am still long GIK. You guys know it, the man with the brain. Hit the like button for Chris Ketchy. You already know. You guys heard yesterday. 
Gary V mentioning how much he likes that <laughs> pretty, pretty hair you guys see there. So definitely smash the like button. You guys already know where you're getting the value from on SPAC's attack. Let's go ahead and hey guys, you know, one of the things is we really need to grow this SPAC community. We feel like we've gotten to some of the biggest names in the SPAC industry. And also we bring on some of the biggest kind of information that you can get from let's say uh twitter if you're a twitter fan we've brought it on spac guru we bought it on j mac investing and the reason we do this guys these are the guys that we feel really really give out that great information the same way we try to in making you informed traders so if you can do us a favor definitely hit that share button below let's get some more viewers to go ahead and join us in the community with the spacs attack so definitely smash that like and subscribe bell let's go ahead and move in a little bit further here um i know that a lot of people are mentioning uh of course none other than of course is it is it a sleeping bull or a sleeping bear cciv i have really no idea but what i can tell you about this stock is that i've always called out can it break that $20 level? Because that's what would get me excited. Um, I've talked about this level. I wanted to come back down closer towards this kind of high over here, this 1840. Um, and, and this closed at 1836. So somewhere in between there, $18 would get me excited on CCIV. I think that at that point, it would become a discount for me. And then I would be looking to slowly start sizing in, try to catch that kind of loop at the bottom but is it a sleeping bull or sleeping bear? I think it's just sleeping. Yeah, and I think CCIV, you know, right now, there's just not a lot of new news out there, right? We, we need to get some production. Uh, we need to get, you know, that kick in uh, to really see if they can follow that timeline that they've placed out there because all the information's out there, right? We know what that first car is going to look like. We know about their factory. We know how many cars they want to produce. But, you know, this isn't easy, right? Several companies have failed in the EV space. I own shares of CCIV still, but I also sold some CCIV right when we were in the 40s, the 50s, you know, because that was pre-deal and that was, you know, a pretty high valuation. But I think long term, it's going to be a, a competitor in the EV space. But I just don't know how quickly we, we get shares to, to pop back up. So, you know, for Mitch to say to get down to 20 I think that might be more likely here that it goes to 20 before it goes to, you know, 40 again. So, which obviously it's closer to 20 right now, but just saying, I think we see the downtrend again before we see the uptrend just because unless if they come out with amazing news sometime soon, there just, there isn't a ton new there. Now, one that I want to point out, MP Materials here doing a big pullback after the offering. And one of the things that I'd mentioned is that 30 seems so good to me. It kind of got close to it last week. It went to a low of 30.95, but that was because of the, the prior support, guys. Prior support, you know. I, I, I could kind of look here and be like, okay, I kind of see this line here. If it could come there, at least I'm buying off support and better pricing than the people that are between, let's say, 50 and the 35s. So you're in better pricing than them. And one of the things I'd say is uh, you guys have heard um, the material game is still and still, still and still such a high need. I think it will continue being in high need over the next couple of years. So MP is an interesting stock definitely to watch on the daily. 
Yeah, and Mitch, you know, I, I've heard you on several shows and we, we talk about with like Romeo and some of these other, you know, companies. Look at the big story this year, right, with semiconductors and a shortage of chips. And, and look mm -hmm. at what that did. We saw a major company like Ford shutting down production, right? What happens if we see China just completely cut the U.S. off with, with rare earth uh, materials? What, what would happen to the supply chain? It, it would get wrecked. Right, they're battling right now, Chris. And, yeah, and it could unspoken happen. Unspoken words, but uh, and, I mean, and we see yeah, Biden. We see Biden attacking happening. it. Right, he he's talking about you know building up our infrastructure, building up the supply chain, and MP Materials. You know, again, in my opinion, is one of the companies that that I think wins big in this space and and the focus to to really talk about the U.S. supply. So on this pullback from that offering, I, I really like it here. Um, this is one that I would like to own long-term in an IRA. You just stash it away, right? You, you don't have to look at it. And five to 10 years from now, I think this thing's going to be, you know, a phenomenal performer. Yeah, definitely. Keep it on radar, guys. I think like we've mentioned, uh, wherever there is a shortage of supply and a high need of demand, what happens to prices, guys? That's what you got to ask yourself. All right, guys, so let's go ahead up and kind of move towards kind of a little bit different segment now. I want to go into a little bit more of what Chris and I are looking at, what what kind of companies we've kind of really feel um, has some backing, has the right uh, kind of structure to it. And and let, I'll go ahead and, and maybe go in with the first one here, and then I'll let Chris go ahead and, and nail down a second one here. The first one I'm going to get into, guys, is my top space pick in specs all right guys so i'm gonna go ahead and give you guys this one um let me go ahead and put the ticker first before i i put up the investor deck and there you go all right guys so we're looking at ftw here Allspray technology, otherwise known, uh, merging with Black Sky. Um, so that's what I'd definitely say. Um, let's take a look at first at the chart, and then I'm going to take a look at the investor deck of why I like it here, guys. Um, so one of the things I'd first mention is that we're back in pricings that you could got in February of 2020. So we're talking about you're definitely getting it at a discount than let's say everybody else that got it on the pop and the SPAC pullback. So that I definitely mentioned, but now uh, let's start talking about the stock and see if it's leveling out. A lot of the times I like to look for some leveling out action. And so one of the things I definitely state is that I, I would call this the first bounce back up. And so I take that high and I start trying to draw a trend line from there and try to find a bottoming action here. And so I would point out a bottoming action somewhere near right now where we're at. We're getting really close towards this $10 and we keep kind of holding near this $10. I'm just trying to get it as close to 10 as possible. There you go, right on 10. And so we bounce right off of it, went back up pulled back right down to it. I think I need to see a volume pop to really load up the boat. I'm not in this one right now, guys, but it's definitely on my radar. Reason why is it gets above this 1050 with some volume. I think we could push up back towards 1250, 13. And now let's start talking about the company, right? And so if we go into the company, we can go in a little bit further. <laughs> Hold on. I, I, I got to take a second. Looks like there's a genius sports fan in here. I can't blame him. 
<laughs> you see this, Chris? I do see that. We're we're fans of Genius Sports too. Genius Sports fan, hit us up on uh, in the comments. We're gonna have to connect you with Nicolo Demasi. We'll we'll, right. we'll link you up, man. All right, let's keep going through here. Uh, let's get into our investor presentation. And and so right here is Black Sky. So one of the things that I'd first mention is what is Black Sky? You know, what is it? So really what it is, guys, it, it's kind of like satellite imaging. And so one of the things that I've seen over time is that satellites is where I like to go to. I've already mentioned that, right? And so when I started doing a little bit more deep dive into this company, you start paying attention. You're like, okay, let, let, let's see. Let's see. Why is it important and, and how are they differentiating than let's say someone else that does uh, satellite imagery, right? And so right here, you can clearly see, I'm going to zoom in here so we can, we can read it a little bit better, but the lowest cost imagery capture. If, 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 if we're going to take a lot of imagery from space, right, it's going to cost money, right? And so what is the cost for that? And this is an estimated monthly cost for the daily imaging con connect, uh, collection. So you're talking about monthly cost here, and, and this is in the thousands. So we're talking about 120,000 or 12,000. You see the difference there, right? 90% difference there in price. Um, I think that right there already competitive advantage right to let's say legacy satellite imaging and then we can go down a little bit more what what is what is their plans what are they trying to get into you know where where they're really trying to get to um you know and, and you can look here let's start looking at what they're kind of serving and they serve a large and expanding market here um this is enabling the infrastructure here and, and look at this look at this so you got satellite companies like airbus boeing maxar spacex uh Lock, lockheed martin you can look at launch companies like spacex uh, virgin blue origin you can look at space com space-based communication amazon into satellite spacex telesat and really where this is going into is the space data and analytics, because I think, you know, the thing behind the thing, right? We, we always talk about it, right? So this is the data. And, and you look here in 2020, the TAM is 13 billion. By 2025, they have the TAM up to $40 billion. And, and that's the addressable market if you guys don't know what TAM means. And, and so it's really interesting to watch how they're going to expand. They already got deals. I mean, they deal with my favorite company, Maxar, you know, <laughs> I, there, there's a reason why I kind of looked at this company. And, and then if we can go a little bit further, we see how much their kind of growth plan really kind of takes off as 2021 comes into play and 2025 comes into that real expansion period. And so right here, I'm really seeing this company, I feel they're gonna really take off in that 2021. It may may not be the best play today, but in the long term, I truly think this company is gonna be up there with a company like Maxar and competing in this industry. And so it's gonna be fun. Who do they have uh, relationships with? It's what I always talk about when I look in space, guys. I want to see connections with people like, let's say, uh, right here, you see the U.S. Air Force being mentioned, the Air Force Research Laboratory, U.S. Army, 
Defense and uh, Innovation Unit, the U.S. Air Force, uh, Strategic Middle Eastern Ministry of Defense. What does that mean? Defense contracts, those money, that money in the revenue. And that's what I look for, guys. I look for contracts because I feel over time, consumers can change their opinions. But a lot of the times you're going to see these contracts get paid out. That's why I liked Maxar over time. And that's where I, I feel Maxar got got the lift over time. So there's a lot of areas they can get into, whether it be agriculture. Um, a lot of people want to uh, kind of worry more about using technology to better agriculture. Um, there's going to be mining, manufacturing, environmental, engineering, construction, energies and utility. There's just a big, big, big area that where they can attack. And it's going to be interesting to watch this company expand over in the next couple of years. Anything you want to say about SFTW and Black Sky, the, Chris? The, the things I would add, I, I said before, I, I was a big fan of Black Sky, you know, when we had that, the, I forgot the name of that tanker, but stuck in the Suez Canal, oh, yeah, like, the, <laughs> what the, whatever it was called. What, what did Black Sky do? They took some images from, from space, right, of, of the shipping container and they shared them. And they said, they hey, showed off the product. This, this is what we can do. And then they also just had, you know, another satellite launched and uh, solar up and up asked in the chat. So Black Sky signed a deal with Rocket Lab, which is going public via CQ. So they're going to take more satellites up. Right. Black Sky is growing. Um, so, yeah, I, I like this one. And, you know, Mitch, to, to oh, yeah, Crew Cut Chuck. Thank you. The, the Evergreen was the name of the, the, that ship that was the talk <laughs> around the world for a couple of weeks. Um, so. My, my pick I have for space, um, which I had an article out, which I will drop in the chat. So uh, keeping with your, your space theme here, Mitch, I want to dive into GNPK, mm. which is taking Redwire public. So Redwire, the more I look at this, the more I like it. This is a space infrastructure company. And it really could be a mini space ETF on its own based on the industries that it's in and the partners it has. So, you know, Mitch just shared a space pick that the global space market could hit $2 trillion by 2040, according to estimates. So this deal for Redwire values the company at $645 million. Shareholders are going to own 24% of the company, which I like that percent. It's pretty high for some of these deals we've seen. And, and you know, the, the presentation highlights that when space wins, Redwire wins. So Genesis Park, which manages the SPAC, has a strong relationship with NASA, the U.S. Air Force, and the U.S. Space Force. So as Mitch said, you know, look at those partners for these space things. So this is the first SPAC merger with, with a company going public that has collaboration and validation from both a space or aerospace sponsor and a space or aerospace SPAC partner. So both parties here strong connections to the space industry. I, I love seeing that. Um, and then then some facts about the company. So Redwire, they're, they're a pure play space company. They cover several areas of the market, over 50 years experience in space flights, over 150 missions flown on, um, unmatched innovations. And, and we talk about patents, right? And intellectual property. Redwire has over 100 industry patents. Um, their infrastructure services nearly every space mission. So every time a company goes to space, 
Redwire is involved more than likely. They're also a undisputed leader in 3D printing, manufacturing, and robotic assembly in space. They were the first to make 3D print tools and spare parts in space. They also enable, have enabled every US mission to Mars. They went to Pluto and they've landed on multiple asteroids and they have guided every GPS mission to space. They, they launched the first spacecraft that built and assembled itself thanks to that 3D printing. So, so we talk about the thing behind the thing, right? The pick and shovel play. They, they flat out say it in their investor presentation. Uh, Redwire is supplying the picks and shovels that enabled nearly every space mission, the CEO said. So they're going to focus on five key strategic areas of growth uh, on orbit servicing, assembly and manufacturing, low earth orbit commercialization, digitally engineered spacecraft, space domain awareness and advanced sensors and components. So they were purpose built to be a pure play space company. Uh, revenue last year was $119 million. Fiscal 2021 estimate is $163 million, and, and that split 52% civil, 34% national security, and 14% commercial. But, but they see that shifting. So by 2025, they see it being 20% civil, 39% national security, and 41% commercial. So as we see national security grow and we see commercial business to space grow, Redwire thinks they can get bigger pieces of those pies. And they see compounded annual growth of 72% from 2021 to 2025. They, they have a current backlog of $150 million, but they also have a pipeline that they see worth up to $23 billion from identifiable contracts. So GNPK, and again, this deal valued the company at around $600 million. They had news out yesterday from NASA and shares were up yesterday on that. They've already fallen back down. This is one that I think could be the best of breed for the space SPACs. I don't have a position yet, but this is on my watch and, and I'm looking for that. Um, you know, GNPK with Redwire, one of my favorites in the in the space, pun intended. What do you think, Mitch? And then let's get to that, that next pick of yours. Yeah, you know, this was actually one that I talked about uh, a little bit a while back, and it's one that surprised uh, many when it came out, I think. Um, it's definitely one that I would... I mean, the $10 floor just seems like it wants to hold no matter what now. Um, one thing I would mention is yesterday you, you did trade up to 1140, right? And so now you have like kind of this gap. I think it's trying to come back towards where it closed yesterday, which was at 1045, trying to trap a couple buyers here. But I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind seeing this one get back right back up towards that 1140 because what it really did was it, it broke out of kind of like a, a little trend for a second. And I'm going to put up the chart here so I can show you exactly what I'm talking about, guys. Um, so right here, it kind of broke out of this trend, right? Like you had like kind of this high, it pulled back, it ripped out for one day. Let's get it back above that level. So we're talking 1090s, 11. If I could see a good volume rip through that 11, 
this stock is going to look like it's really controlled by the bulls. And so that's what I would say technically. Definitely this one's looking interesting to me. Um, has some topping action that it's holding from this prior time in January. It's holding that kind of that bottom right now. Let's see if it pulls back here and then kind of curls right back up there. Um, I'll, I'll get my drawing tool here so I can show you kind of what I'm what I'm seeing. So you got that drive up, right? It pulled back. It wicked up really quickly. Let's let it kind of pull back here and curl back up through that 11. And that's what I'd be looking for with some big volume and it'd be looking really good. It's an interesting chart to say the least. All right, guys. So I'm going to go ahead and go into a one more one more ticker here for you guys. I'll try to do this one a little bit quicker so that Chris can do one more also. And then we'll kind of touch maybe a, a ticker or two from the chat here. So my ticker is going to be on the second one, a little bit different. Let's change it up, right? Let's go to DMS here, Digital Media Solutions. And so what I'd say about Digital Media Solution is first, let's pull up the ticker. Let's pull up the ticker. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about it. Um, so uh, Digital Media Solution provides technology and digital performance uh, technology solutions for the United States. It operates in three segments, brand direct, marketplace, and others. And the company operates as a performance marketing engine for companies across various industries, including consumer finance, education, automotive, insurance, home services, and others. But what it really does is it builds, hosts, and maintains a portfolio of owned operated websites in various verticals, such as insurance, education, home services, and other brand specific products and services. And so an area that I've always looked at since the beginning of 2021 is programmatic ads. And really there were some other ones that were leaders in this one. And I didn't know too much about this one until I did a little bit more uh, deep dive research, but really, uh, I, I'm starting to really like where this one's going. It did get a price rating increase recently up around $12, I think up to $15. Um, so just to kind of mention where some analysts are looking at this one. Uh, let me go ahead and pull up the investor deck and kind of show you a little bit more on what this company has, some deals, some partnerships, what's going on in DMS. All right, guys. So if we roll through here, um, one of the things that we could see is how do we do it? You know, at the first things they have, they have proprietary tech, which is really um, where their probably their revenue is really going to be driven from is that proprietary tech stack of expansive digital media reach, um, pretty much giving them insights and signals on to where to kind of advertised towards right and so one of the things that you can see is expansive media reach right 70 percent of us adults we target audiences like let's say on where youtube where other than uh, and then you can see some other ones of course linkedin and one of the things that i noticed about this is that you're not seeing kind of like some what what me, I mean, maybe Google, you could say more of a, a major name to, to hit advertisement on. But a lot of these platforms are kind of more your everyday streaming use or, 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 or everyday use now, everyday consumer. And so that's what I, I'd kind of pay attention towards. I think they're really targeting kind of the new age in in ads. You're not you're not trying to see them, uh, you know, target uh, kind of some TV platforms. It's more along this internet 
and push that you're seeing social media search display and programmatic email push connected tv um so it's going to be really interesting to watch now one of the things that i'd say is that who's in this industry and you could talk the trade desk the trade desk is definitely a leader in this industry uh ipo pubmatic um you could also look at mg and i as competitor and one thing that i noticed is that you know that what they're trying to do is they're trying to maybe provide for maybe not the top companies because the trade desk has those right now, but there's a lot of other areas where they can go and attack. Like let's say they're attacking the top three US mortgage lenders, the top three US auto insurance, the leading home security companies and the top US uh, hundred universities. And so with that being said, there's companies like Lending Tree included in there. Um, it's going to be fun to watch as I think, you know, if you don't, and, and this is really coming from an industry outlook, not necessarily only DMS, is that I think at the end of the day, this is the new way that you're going to start seeing kind of your ads really being targeted. And it's going to be a focus because at the end of the day, no one wants to get ads that are pointless anymore. There's a lot of times where you're watching TV and you get like this completely pointless ad that has nothing to do with you as a person and nothing to do with your interest. That's what these kind of companies are here to solve and here to be that digital solution. Awesome. What so, you got? What do you think, I, Chris? So I, I like it. Uh, you know, that was one, you know, John talked about on the show too. Um, it was one I really didn't know much about right before we started March backness. Um, but yeah, I, I like the ad space there, the targeting, um, we don't have a ton of time left, so I'm going to try to get through some of these picks quick. What I'm going to do for, for this next part is uh, let's talk one of the biggest IPOs coming next week, right? So we have Coinbase, uh, a direct listing coming. And what I want to do is share a couple SPACs that, that I think should be on your watch list uh, ahead of this Coinbase uh, IPO. So we have VIH, which is taking backed public. So that's you know a, a crypto play. Um, the Intercontinental Exchange um, is, is going to own 65% of it, but they have a cryptocurrency platform um, that operates a regulated Bitcoin futures and options market. And, and you know, I, I think that's strong here. Um, I think it could be a sympathy play. We could see a run uh, along with the Coinbase IPO. And, and then another play could be uh, GWAC, that's Goodworks Acquisition Corp. So, so they're taking Cypher Mining Public, which is going to be one of the largest uh, Bitcoin mining companies in the world. They're, they're bringing it public from parent company Bitfury. Um, so Cypher Mining is going to have a capacity of 745 megawatts by the end of 2025, which they think will make them you know, a, a market leader. Um, with a 9% market share, they're also going to work on ETFs, um, mining as a service businesses and financial services. So that could put them, you know, on that similar path of Coinbase uh, with providing the transactions, uh, you know, also along with their Bitcoin mining. So keep an eye out on GWAC. And then also we started to see a run yesterday in FPCV, right, which is eToro. Um, keep an eye out on this one. You know, it's a social investment network. They, they have some crypto platforms there. They're, they're large in other you know, markets, not as big here in the U.S., uh, but they launched Bitcoin trading in 2013. 
Um, you know, 16% of their assets in 2020 were in crypto. They had they have 5 million registered users in 2020. And by January 2021, they hit 18.7 million registered users and over 20 million today, according to that investor presentation. Um, you know, so keep an eye out on FTCV. Um, they earn, you know, revenue from, from trading, from interest income, and from currency conversion. The, this was one of, you know, the, the larger SPAC deals. And we saw shares act positive to the deal announcement. But again, FTCV, we, we did start to see a little bit of a run again yesterday. And we're up 9% today. So those are my sympathy plays. You know, in the in the Coinbase space, in the um, you know space of Bitcoin mining, um, you know, and someone throwing out in the chat, EC saying LFTR. Yeah, there's a couple SPACs out there that are targeting or could look at crypto, but they haven't announced deals yet. But but these are the three that I think have you know direct exposure to the same uh, target area as Coinbase. Um, and Ruel in the chat, yeah. So I, I talked a while back ago oh, about BVV. BBVA, uh, that's a bank. They own a stake in Coinbase. I do own options of BBVA still. You know, let's face it, I think this Coinbase IPO next week is, is going to rip. There's going to be a lot of interest. A lot of retail traders are going to want to get in because they use Coinbase. They know Coinbase. But to me, I'm, I'm going to look at the sympathy plays, right? The companies that are in the similar space or they own part of Coinbase. And I mean, we heard Gary V and Matt yesterday they own a piece of Coinbase. They're super excited to see an IPO, but I, I'm not going to be buying the Coinbase IPO day one because I think this thing's just going to take off and be insane. But with that being said, you, you'll start to see valuation, right? What does it trade at compared to revenue? What does it trade at compared to how many users it has? And then you start to see the comparisons to these other companies like an eToro, right? And that's when I really think that these other stocks could take off. So that was VIH. GWAC and FTCV. What what do you think, Mitch? I like them all except eToro. <laughs> hey, that's, I can be fine. honest, you guys. I'm transparent. transparent. What, what do you think about? I mean, what do you think about Coinbase? Any any chance? I, I like Coinbase. Coinbase. Yeah, I like Coinbase. Next week, do you think yeah, it? Yeah. It's going to be a reasonable valuation those first couple of days, or you think this thing just? Yeah, there's no reasonable evaluations in this market. I mean, yeah. if you look at PE, you'll you'll notice that. But I mean, that that is, it makes. I'll tell you the truth. Someone that went to school for fundamentals, it don't matter. <laughs> it yeah. don't matter, guys. It just doesn't matter because at the end of the day, what ends up happening is fundamentals is a long term approach, right? And so what what you're trying to say is that can I use a long term approach to tell me the short term price target? Yeah. You see how that doesn't make sense? And so it does make sense for the long run if you're like taking like let's say the the Warren Buffett uh, approach and you're like okay so the price might not be where the fundamentals are now but I think overall the revenue makes sense the how, how their margins make sense and then that over time affects a price but it doesn't come in one week, one month, it could take years. And that's kind of the a different approach, but that's what I'd say about that. Um, the, there's there's definitely some some companies to watch out there. Um, NSTB 
in relations to the Coinbase IPO. APEC clearing handles some of the back end trading with crypto. That's another good one. That's Um, another one to keep an eye. I know we're getting into overtime. The the other ones that I would say to watch, because again, today we talked about some trade ideas. Uh, New York, looking at legalizing online sports betting, right? Which, which has been a long time coming. But if you read the articles, you look at it, it looks like Andrew Cuomo, the governor, is getting his way. He wants to limit the number of operators in the state, have the state lottery control it. Uh, that could be bad news for some of these sports betting companies out there, right? In Michigan, we have 12 uh, companies with online sports betting platforms. In New York, it looks like they could only have four to six. And, and that will be based on who has first skins versus who has second skins. So so the article I read from Action Network said that the winners could be DraftKings and Bet Rivers, Rush Street Interactive, right? Ticker RSI. And you could actually see major companies like MGM and Penn National with Barstool Sportsbook get left out, at least initially, because of the limited number of licenses. So if that's the case, I think RSI is in a good position and could run, and they could easily become a target acquisition company just for the New York license alone. So keep an eye out, DKNG, RSI. All right, guys, like always, definitely hit us up in the comments below. Let us know what you want to see next, what you want to see on SPACs Attack. If you guys got an executive you guys want us reaching out to, definitely let us know in the comments below. And we'll see you next time. And now you guys are moving on to the Power Hour. It's already gotten started, so we'll go ahead and redirect you right over. Hit that thumbnail and get right over to the Power Hour. (laughs) 